Welcome to Storehouse Dallas. That I, I feel like many of us could reach more of our potential, our full, full potent, uh, potential, if we are in submission instead of rebellion. Uh, I, I can tell you that several years ago, quite a few years ago, when I was uh, coming up, I had come right off a generation, the Vietnam generation, that generation of people who were starting to export a lot of new ideas into America. I still remember, like my father was born in 1911, my mom was born five years later, I still remember that great generation that came up, the World War II generation, but after that came the Vietnam generation where literally uh, the country turned against our own soldiers in many ways. If you were there, nobody, half, most of you are not. How many of you are over 80 years old? Raise your hand. I'm kidding. Most of you don't relate to this because it happened in my generation, actually the generation before mine. And I saw it because my sister, sisters and brother were older. And so I kind of lived that generation. And Some of the things that were going on at that time, you know, Jane Fonda and Hollywood and all that mess that came out of there were saying bad things about our nation. I'd never seen anyone disrespect or even let a flag of the United States touch the ground, but they were burning our flags. They were uh, saying horrible things about our nation, and, and it was more than that. It was all kinds of chaos and craziness and free sex and drugs everywhere, and the high schools were filled with it. And our, uh, that generation before mine and even into my generation, there were many people rebelling against the church and rebelling against God. My will, I want it the way I want it. Everyone was going to seek their own pleasures in life. And you had the Woodstock, you had all of the different uh, just crazy things going on at that time. Berkeley was exporting all of these people all over the United States that were uh, anti-U.S. or, or uh, not just Berkeley. Many of the colleges began to uh, teach heresy. These colleges with Christian names on the front of the building, guys, were turning to a secular nation. And professors were standing up and pro- uh, professing things that are not in the Word of God. And so we've, we've come from uh, a radically messed up uh, deal, those of us that are of my generation and the one before. Uh, basically, we want to throw off the restraints. We don't want to be controlled. We don't want to, uh, the church to tell us how to live our lives. But it's not the church we were really warring with. It was the head of the church. And by, when you go against the head of the church, when you go against the founder of everything, it's not going to be good. And so what happened uh, over that time, we had, we also had an explosion of communication. We had, uh, you know, the television became, um, at first it was pretty pure, you know, I mean, Lawrence Welk didn't cuss. I mean, come on. Um, The little house on the prairie, uh, you know, we didn't deal with some of the issues that are, that are being dealt with in the media today and, and in TV today. My goodness, Tracy and I, I turned it on the other night, and uh, she had watched a couple episodes, and everything was pretty tame. She said, you ought to watch this show. It's really great. So we turned it on. Five minutes into it, there's a f- frontal, whole nude scene and everything. We're like, whoa, you know, Just throw something at the TV. I mean, my gosh, it's, it's horrible, right? Are you all tracking with me? Now, I know I'm not the only one seeing this, and an amen or two will help. All I'm saying is things are changing not for the better as it results, uh, as, it, as I'm talking about it here, with 
of the, the great communication sources we have. TV's fantastic. TV's not evil. The programming we put on is not all evil, but a lot of it is. So I want to say this. I am not saying I'm anti-technology. I'm not saying anything like that. I love being able to fly across the world uh, in a jet. I love to be able to get on the Internet and search the things I need to search and use it for business and all the rest. So I'm not anti that. What I'm anti is letting the enemy steal what should be the Lord's. And it started with TV, and I can remember even uh, people in my own family at that time that were members of some other churches that we won't talk about, but they were saying at that time, TV's evil and you can't have one in your home. They were right. If we were going to let the enemy take over TV, we should have left them out of our homes. But we, shouldn't, we should have embraced the technology and gone with it, just like we should embrace the technology for movies, Internet, and you name it. And I won't even go to what all's uh, the filth that's on the Internet. So why am I saying all this? I believe that there's hope, and I want to get to that. Uh, but I, I want to set this up. They're, they're communicating. When the Internet came, we started to communicate a lot of non-biblical ideas, and even uh, Hollywood started exporting all kinds of non-biblical ideas all across the earth. And what's happened is, as a result, we've got all this mixture of other religions. And I, I saw something the other day. There was a whole page of symbols for every kind of religion known to man, and only one on there was a cross. And, uh, well, that's arrogant, John. No, there's no other God like our God. There is no other God. There's no other way. There's no other source. There's no other life other than our God. And, uh, but now, what do we do? Well, John, you know, you're just too rigid. You're saying things that are not acceptable. Well, I'm sorry. But the truth is the truth. And our God is the creator. That's it. And so I, I'm just, there's so much of this. I'm just seeing it creep in little by little by little. You know, it's just leaven. It's just beginning to uh, take over our entire society in so many ways. But we represent the light. We are the light and we will push back. And that's what I'm doing this morning. We've got to push back. We've got to hold the line on truth. Our culture, these thoughts, these ideas say, throw off the yoke of religion, be your own religion, do whatever feels right. It's the right thing to do. But I got to tell you, when you do that with God's cre uh, creation, there are some consequences. Free sex well, you know what? With free sex, there comes lots of pregnancies and diseases. When pregnancies come, then, well, give us uh, another way. Give us abortion. We deserve that. We even have people that are standing up trying to be champions of killing our babies. I mean, like the divorce, I mean, the, uh, um, the abortion champions that champion themselves. They're so proud of themselves for women's rights. I'm not proud of them. They're so deceived. We need, we need to speak the truth in love, and we need to bring them into our uh, creation. Tracy and I got a chance to meet Norma McCorvey, who was Roe v. Wade, who uh, was actually used, um, manipulated and used to uh, bring about abortion right here out, out of Dallas, Texas. And she saw the light, and she turned to the Lord, and she spent the rest of her life uh, bringing the kingdom of heaven here on this earth and in this city. And I got to think that her life meant something. I got to, I, I really believe that she, when she went to be with the father, that he said, well done, good and faithful servant. servant. We need a solution to the consequences 
So we demand something else. We, we go even further. We push it darker and darker and darker. Drug and alcohol addiction. Another thing, I can have whatever I want, so what do I want? Well, that was good for yesterday, but did you know lust never stops? You never satisfy it. It just keeps eating and eating and eating. And the, the addictions across this nation have busted up so many families, it's incredible. It's incredible how many families have fallen to that. Uh, now we're even, it's pushed on past that, you know, the, the pain of of those divorces, and then children's generation after generation growing up in fatherless homes. Look, I mean, it, it all changed. A lot of things changed in a dramatic way in those generations I'm speaking of, even in my lifetime. It's crazy how far we've drifted. Sons of rebelling against fathers. It was common in my, uh, in my classroom to hear uh, a, a, son, a son's father be called the old man. My old man says this. My old man did this. Disrespecting and rebelling with our words. Malachi 1.6 says, A son honors his father and a servant his master. If I'm the father, where's my honor? And if I'm a master, where's my reverence? This is the Lord. Where's my reverence? This is Father saying, if I'm, if, if I'm all that, where, why aren't you treating me as such? I got to tell you, uh, just on your reading list, read the book of Malachi. You talk about a wake-up call, and he's speaking directly to this generation. Now, God said that uh, the, sons of the, uh, the hearts of the fathers be turned to the sons and the sons to the father. Well, did you know that there are a lot of sons and fathers uh, that aren't getting along? There are a lot of sons and fathers that aren't in relationship. And I know that the spirit of Elijah is coming because the Word of God says it, not because I said it. The Word of God says it. And I'm going to agree with the Word of God. When I said I'm a believer, that meant everything in this book, everything that's, that the Lord has taught, I believe it. And when people say, well, well, John, you know, you don't accept this or that, I said, it's not me that you got a problem with. I'm just repeating what, as a Christian, what I believe because that's what the Word of God says. You want to see where it is? I can show you where it is. Let's look at it together. When you see the Word of God printed on a page in your own Bible or someone's showing you that, it's hard to refute that person. It's like, take it up with God. And God will stir in their hearts to change. John the Baptist came in the spiritual, uh, spirit of Elijah to fulfill the prophecy by Malachi. He had a fathering, uh, the, the uh, Elijah um, had a fathering spirit. And that's what the Lord's talking about here. John the Baptist came in the spiritual spirit of Elijah to turn what? The hearts of the fathers to the children, the children of the fathers. See, this isn't a new, this isn't a new thing. Just like Tracy said earlier when she was praying, the, this is the devil's old stuff. His material is, is not new, but it's solid. I mean, he knows, he knows it very, very well. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet, the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike you with a curse. That should sober us all up right there. When God strikes us with a curse, we don't proceed. It's moth and rust time. It's not good. So I just want to say for us, we live in a dark time. We need to be the light in the dark time. And to do that, we need to be very solid on this issue of sonship. 
If we're wounded going out into the world and we don't know who we are in God, we don't know who He is to us, we're going to be blown around. We're going to be dealing with our own stuff instead of pushing back the, uh, the kingdom of darkness. So the Spirit of Elijah is coming to prepare a fatherless generation then for the return of Jesus. The uh, Lord says it, not me. I mean, I just read it to you. So... What's the antidote to fatherlessness? First, I feel like we need to be honest about it. We need to find out what in our own lives might have driven us that way if we're experiencing fatherlessness. And I admit it, I do. And I admit it, I still do sometimes. I react out of a way that's not representing the kingdom very well. So what we believe about Father God, there's, there, it's going to affect everything. First, of our, first is our obedience. If we believe that Father is good and He's got a great home and we can tuck under Him, guess what? We're going to be in relationship with Him. But what did Adam and, do, and Eve do when they were out of obedience? They hid. They got away from. In other words, we're going to draw back from relationship with the Father our direction in life. If we believe He's for us, we're, our direction is going to be solid, going forward toward the things that God's promised for us. Our actions. If we believe something, then we've got to act as if we believe it. Take, take action toward the way we believe it. If we don't take that action, do we really believe it? I mean, that's, that's where it is. I mean, loving ourselves. If God loves us like that, there's no if. God does love us like that. We need to agree with the Word of God. Folks, it's just like, well, but I'm so-and-so. Poor sinful me, you know, I shouldn't. God shouldn't love me like that. Maybe not, but He said He does. I'm standing on that. How we live will, uh, is directly depending on how we believe God loves us or he doesn't love us or he's for us or he's not for us or we deserve or we're sons and daughters or we're orphans. If we want to be bold preachers of the gospel, we've got to know who we are because we're going to have to push back the work of darkness. And the bolder we get, the darker the dark gets. There, the demons will rise and scream at you. I've had them do it, haven't you? And they will scream, and if you cower when the demons scream, they win. We're not doing that. Even our joy can be ripped apart. Like, you know, I'm living a life that, you know, I just have a foreboding spirit on my head all the time. Just people, you know, just say anything to me. It's going to set me off. People live their lives like that, like a dark cloud over them all the time. The Eeyore spirit. It's just like, oh, I'm just Eeyore spirit. It just lives there. It's the only thing you'll rem remember out of this whole sermon. You're gonna, what did preacher preach about? Oh, that Eeyore spirit. Is there any more, honey? Okay, I'm not going to go there. We form our beliefs about God from our experiences, apart from the Word of God, apart from this revelation. We form our opinions about God from what's happened to us. What, what's, I know what, you know, I saw that with my own eyes. I had that happen to me. I was afflicted with whatever it was. So those broken places, what we think is it's going to happen again. Based on experience, that forms my grid, and through that grid, I'm going to see life. So if you've had the hell knocked out of you over and over and over again, you had to pick yourself up time after time after time because of your circumstances, you're going to be a little more cautious apart from this revelation, apart from this rev, um, revelation. So once we're saved, then we don't have any more problems, right? 
once we're saved, nothing bad's going to happen to us. Because we, you know, loving Father, we're fully protected under His wings and all the rest. Is that what He promises? Absolutely not. He promises that there'll be many problems in the world. But He didn't call us here to hunker down and get through life without getting some, some wounds. He called us here to push back the works of darkness so that when we go home to, uh, to visit with Him and run our cities, we'll be talking about this forever. We only got 100 years to do this stuff, and then we're going to be talking about it forever. Let's have more to talk about. Come on. So if our earthly representation of God was, was off or was, had, had issues, it's hard for us to see God any other way. What is our representation of the Father? Our earthly fathers, our earthly teachers, our earthly Sunday school? What, what if you've been a part of all this abuse that's going on? Like there's a whole church that's had thousand years, I don't know, many, many years of abuse, and it's all come out this last year, remember? And they're saying that, you know, this the homosexuality and all this stuff and taking advantage of these young boys and all this stuff. I mean, it's horrible what's going on in our society. And that's why I'm complaining about it today. We're going to get this right. Okay, so if our belief, belief system is flawed, we're going to struggle through life not being fully who God made us to be. He made us champions. We're going to not receive our place in God's family. We don't feel like we belong. We feel like we're outside looking in. We're definitely not here to blame our earthly fathers. For goodness sake, they grew up in the same world. They were in my generation. They were trying to deal with everything that was changing in, in life during that time. And look, you can't give it away if you don't have it. It's almost everybody Tracy and I minister to that have a problem, like a big problem with their parents, we go to talk about their parents, find out about their parents' lives, and this is worse than theirs. You know, there's so much going on. So let's talk about some of them. If we believe that God is a good father, then we're going to lean into him. We're going to be, uh, we're going to trust him. We're going to take chances. We're going to have faith because we know he's there to catch us. He's there for us. And, uh, and I will say that uh, our earthly fathers, I mean, sometimes it's hard to leave our father's house. We've, we, we got it all made. You know, you got the credit card for the gas and the toll tag and, I mean, the new truck. I mean, it's hard to leave. I mean, it's like, ooh, boy, just don't cut that stuff off. I'm right here. You're a great dad. Um, but but um, even a good father, a lot of times wrong motives can be uh, assessed against a good father or a good father's house. Look at God. He's done nothing but the, uh, from the beginning of time other than bless us and bless us in every way he can, yet many are mad at him. Many are saying, you know, oh, well, Father, yeah, yeah, that's good for you, not for me. That's not who he is. He doesn't have favorites. He loves us like he loves Jesus. That's what the Word says. That's not John Eckert. So a loving Father, sure, you're going to lean into that. That's great, and I bless you. I mean, the Lord has blessed you if you have a loving Father that stayed in the household and the marriage stayed together and all the rest. But that's just not reality for a lot of people. So, but I will tell you, if the Father was in the house and you do have that type of relationship and all that, bless you. I mean, help others. I mean, hopefully you're, you're not wounded and you hadn't had horrible things happen to you, and not everybody has. Not terrible. Um, but I know too many stories, I can tell you many have. There's a performance-oriented dad. I grew up with one. I love my dad. 
He was an amazing provider, an amazing person. But I guarantee you one thing, if you set that fence post to three inches, two inches, one inch, or a half an inch out of that, out of that string line, you're going to set it again, and you got the look. I knew that look very well. I didn't know what he would do to me, but I didn't want to find out. So my dad would, um, would use obedience, basically. Um, he, would, he would use his brow and, and that fear of him because he would yell loudly at you if you did something wrong. And I was always in fear of that yelling. Even to this day, sometimes if someone's yelling at me like that, I will fight them. I will. <laughs> but it brings, up, it brings up a fear inside me. Oh, I will punch you in the nose if you get up close to me and yell at me. But it brings a fear in me, and I get it an adrenaline dump, and the next thing is the fist. And I grew up that way. Uh, having grown up in a home where, you know, that was going on. I grew up that way. I punch you in the nose in five seconds. I mean, I would. I've gotten a lot better. I'm not fully healed. Who is there? <laughs> but I will tell you, if you don't volunteer for that thing Tracy was talking about. <laughs> Performance-oriented. If I'm not reading my Bible well enough, if I'm not doing all the religious activities, if I'm not hitting the ball right, I'm going to hear it. I'm going to hear that word. I'm going to hear that you're not good enough or be yelled at. And maybe you've had a performance-oriented uh, source in your life that um, you looked up to. You're actually just wanting to know what God's like, but this performance-oriented thing has got you thinking God's different. Does God love you because of what you can do for him? He doesn't. God loves you anyway. He's already said he loves you. He's, there's not a condition tied to it. It's unconditional. I love you. I made you. You're my son. I, I can't go further than this. Like my little grandbabies, I just love them. My sons, my, my, my kids, I love them. They don't have to do anything. I loved them before they did anything, before they were even born. Right? People that are pregnant in here, is that right? You just love them. Luke's like, I am a freaking father. Wow, that's crazy, right? I mean, it's like you love them. Passive. There but not there. Maybe, maybe you've had people in your life that were in authority with you, your parents, your step-parents, whatever. They're there, but they're not there. There's a body sitting there, but there's no attachment. There's no nothing coming back. And it's really sad. I mean, um, again, wounded people wound people. And they, if you don't have it there to give, you don't give it. Maybe they're overworked. Maybe they're, um, you know, got too many things on their own. They're wrestling their own demons to worry about a child at that point. Maybe you got six kids or seven kids or eight kids. I mean, it's hard to get a lot of one-on-one -on -one when you're a whole pack like we were. Well, there were six of us. And every one of us was just... It's a miracle we even made it to this. We lived on a farm where in the morning we went off and they didn't see us until dinner time. I mean, we went out and did our work. We did it all independently. My dad was at work doing his work, and then he came home and worked again before dark. Or, I mean, up until, the, up until 10, many nights. All right, so passive. If we see God as passive in our life, well, he's there. I know God's real. But what does it have to do with my life? Nothing. He's not involved in the day-to-day. -day. He's off somewhere. He's that faraway God, that, that vapor thing. That's, 
that's sad. I mean, if we see him like that, how can we call him, lay our cares, you know, throw our cares out to him? He's like, he, he's not going to respond no more than my passive father in on the earth did. Absentee. Maybe he passed away. Maybe your earthly authority passed away. Maybe went to war or went overseas or got a job out of state and had to, you know, go there for his, in other words, just gone. Maybe it was a divorce situation. Good Lord, there's a lot of divorce. It's crazy how if we're not completely submitted to where only what God says is first, we're going to have a lot of divorce. And as children growing up in a divorced family or a separated family or an absentee family of any kind, it's really difficult. It takes two people to raise a child in this world. I mean, it, it works better, right? Yeah, more than that, plus the grandparents and lots of others. But it's a community. It takes old tribe to raise kids. But if you, don't, if you only have a one-parent household, it's harder. I did it. I did it for several years before I met Tracy. I had four kids, and um, I mean, boy, that was interesting. My girls would literally, instead of folding their clothes, throw them back in the washer for me to wash and fold again. Come on now. I was an idiot. Tracy came along, boy, she straightened that out real quick. But we didn't, I didn't have the nurture. I'm a nurturing guy. I think the Lord gave me some nurture while I was raising those kids together. But I'm never going to have the nurture Tracy does. I just, I, I just did, we're just not made the same. Absentee. If you think God's absentee, it's hard to run to him with all your issues. It's hard to ask him for everything that you need. And then uh, the authoritarian. I don't know about you. I was not allowed to talk back ever. Not one time. You talk back, <laughs> you're going to get that's right. We're going to go to abusive in a minute. I mean, you just, you do not talk back to adults, much less your parents. I'm telling you. So, I mean, I, I did not talk back. Um, and that's why I'm still here. Not much grace in that, yielding, unbending, unyielding, um, rigid. Do not even think about talking back. And also, just keep your mouth shut. Kids are to be seen, not heard. You ever heard that? Just keep your mouth shut. It's dinner. Really? We can't even talk during dinner? No, because you can't chew with your mouth open. Go ahead. Be quiet. Um, so what? We don't. We blame others. We don't admit our own faults. You may be afraid to act due to fear of punishment. You wonder why some people are just afraid to act, just afraid to jump in there. You see the gold in them. You know they've got everything they need to stand up and preach the gospel, but they don't act because they've been um, reprimanded or straightened out. And that's our, just what happened to us. Again, Apart from believing in the Word of God and what God says about every one of these, we're going to react out of our experience. Be quiet. Well, I'm saying don't be quiet. I'm saying open up and begin to talk. I'm saying that the authoritarian um, is the only, he has all authority, but he doesn't use it against you for compliance. He's strong. He's the one that has all authority. And he doesn't need to go around beating you up to, to prove that, I promise you. He, he only went for you. He only made you for a relationship. That's it. 
And I got to tell you, I mean, it's this is hard to get sometimes. Uh, it gets drilled into you over the years. You can kind of believe you're not worthy of anything good. But I want you to start believing the good scriptures in the Bible, too. You know, we can focus on the law, the law, the law, the law, but there's not much love in law. There's a lot more law in love. The law of love is a good law. So we want to know our Father's name. Our, na- our Father's name is love. It's all about love. Everything's about love. And we will love forever. There'll be no lack of it. How about the abusive situation? Um, some, of the, some of y'all have been through horrible things, abusive, terrible things. I know that. But do we have to live like victims the rest of our lives? Can we, can we stop identifying with that at some point? Now, I'm going to tell you something. We're Luke 4, 18 and 19 church. We want you to be free, 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 free. And who the sun sets free is free indeed. I can't set you free. I can pray for you. But when the sun sets you free, if you'll receive it, you will be free. And I've seen people that um, have, you know, two people stand side by side in the same house. So one of them's totally free and the other one's never gotten free. You have to receive your freedom. And you have to know, first of all, you deserve your freedom. Where does that come from? Not some person. The Word of God is what's going to set you free. The living Word, the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, that Word is going to set you free. In fact, His whole life has been about setting us free, and we are free. That we can come in here sinless before the Father. That we can go into our households, head held high, and say, this is the house of the Lord. That we can declare that over our cities, like Rob's talking about. We declare that over Dallas. I know Dallas is the city of the Lord. It is. I am I'm 100% event, uh, convinced that Dallas is the city of the Lord. And it will be, and it'll stand tall. The prophecies have gone out from everywhere about this. I'm standing on those prophecies and also on the promises of it. Our city will be a revival city, and our church will be involved. But we've got to get this, our woundedness, this this place of being able to uh, take solace in that place of pain is just not biblical. It is not biblical. He's always been there. He's never left you or forsaken you. He'll always be with you. He wants to set you free, and we want to be free. So what father type do you identify with? Let's go to battle over this. If you're thinking God's this way or that way, because I got to tell you, um, mine was performance oriented, authoritarian, and I saw God as, man, if you mess up, you just, he's going to, with his power, just wipe me out. I mean, I was afraid of him. I was afraid of God. And it's hard to be intimate with somebody that thinks he's going to knock your head off. Are y'all with me? So we have to start believing the word of God. God is love. God is all of the things he says, all powerful. He can protect you from anything bad that's going to happen. Does he always? He's with you. But evil men do evil things. And I got to say, evil people do evil things on the earth. And that's going to happen for a time. For a very short time in history, that's going to happen. And then what? Then our Lord Jesus Christ is going to put his foot on the earth. But not before the hearts of the fathers are turned to the sons. And not before those hearts of the sons are turned to the fathers. It will not happen. That fathering spirit of Elijah will come first. So all I want to do in my message today is I want to agree with that message. I want to agree with what the Word of God says, that that's going to happen. And I want to be ready for that. I don't want to be the one that's holding. I don't want to be the church. I don't want to be the family that's holding that back. 
I want to be a part of the change that's going to bring that fathering spirit. Listen, I father every one of you. I love every one of you with, with my whole heart. I really do. I father every one of you. I take every one of you. Um, I think Tracy and I are part of the, the most am- amazing thing I've ever been part of is, is this church, to be able to be in relationship with so many of you at a very deep level. It's not news weather sports with us. You know that. Um, now, you know, I'm probably not going to be out there playing Frisbee today but but I have done a lot of stuff with you guys and uh, we've enjoyed just being with our community and getting to do all this stuff and be a part of it so fathering spirit came spirit of Elijah came during John the Baptist what was John the Baptist's um, ministry what was his word repent repent the kingdom of heaven is at hand repent Change your mind about what's been going on. Change your mind about who God is. Change your mind. Get away from the rebellion. Get away from the hurt and the pain of, that's keeping you in bondage and to fear. Being in fear again. Be intimate. John the Baptist, repent. Change your hearts. Come to the one that's coming. Come to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the same message again. Just a, a few thousand years later, same message, repent. So what do we do if someone's done all those bad things to you? You know what? I can't go back and change it. That's our history. But what we can do is we not live as victims and orphans for the rest of our lives. We can repent and say, Lord, if I had anything to do with that part of it, please forgive me. But I'm going to forgive those who need forgiveness. Lord said, if we hold that offense, if we, if we hold unforgiveness in our hearts, he won't forgive us. That scares me. Think about that. If we don't let it go, he won't let it go. In other words, let's flip that over. If we let it go, he will too. I don't know about you. I've got a lot of things in my book that need to be let go. You know? And I'm leaning into the Lord Jesus to do it. Let's forgive those who've hurt us. Let's lean into the revelation that that the Lord has been so articulate with and telling us over and over how he loves us and how we have a way out and how our lives don't have to be like that. We don't have to live as orphans. We don't have to live as victims. Let's replace the old beliefs with the new ones, the godly ones, like God's love is for us always and never quits and never forsakes. Fully accepted. Commanded to live in the peace and rest. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. We're going we're gonna, to uh, pray this out here in just a minute. We have a spirit of love and a sound mind, not a spirit of fear, going through life just with our head down, going through life being quiet, but we don't want to open our mouths because what we have to say is not worthy or it's not somebody would reject us over it. Let me tell you something. If you're being quiet, I want to hear from you. The people that are start out quiet, when they do open their mouths, they've been listening their whole life, and they know 10 times more than we do. <laughs> I want to hear from you. If you hadn't preached the gospel, preach it. I want to hear from you. I want to know what's in your heart. I want to know what the Lord's been speaking to you. Some of you, I even see how smart you are when you don't say a word, but you grin just a little bit. I can see that thought going in there. It's like, man, if he released that right now, it would be the funniest joke I've ever heard. 
You've got an internal dialogue going on with you and the Lord. I want in on it. We want in on it. God has told us all to preach the gospel, every one of us, all to uh, be sons and daughters, not just the chosen few. You notice I don't stand up here very much. Some of you asked me about that. Well, John, what's wrong? Is your microphone broken? You know, it's not that. I'll tell you the truth. I'd rather hear from you. I'd rather hear from the people that preach up here all the time. There's some fantastic preachers. There's people that could go and start their own church all over this church. 10, 15, 20 of you at least. I don't know, a bunch of you. So once in a while I share a message, but I don't need that. I come in here and get my heart full from worshiping with you, uh, with this great worship team, interacting with you, teaching uh, in the EJS and other things. So, um, oh, Lord, let's just pray. Let's just start. Just ask the Lord to heal every broken heart in here.